Moletool is the official sponsor of the Grease and Glamour podcast. Established in 1853, Moletool has grown to become a recognized leader in lubricant technology. Racing teams around the world have trusted Moletool to deliver the endurance and performance needed to compete at the highest level. Even if you're not racing on the track, Moletool's full range of synthetic lubricants will protect your engine against wear and tear of your daily commute. Stop by Universal Imports to purchase Moletool's line of products today. Are you looking to service your import vehicle or even get a new to you import? Then Universal Import is what you're looking for. Try our personalized automobile location service, a surefire way to get you to the perfect car for you. Take advantage of our 11 service space along with a full collision and body shop. And don't forget to ask us about our car care club. Only $49 a year and you get things like a 100 point inspection, $50 off a laser guided alignment, $10 off oil changes, and a free New York State inspection, and more. It really does help you to extend the life of your car. Visit us at 834 Linden Avenue in Penfield, right off 441, or check us out on Facebook or our website at universalimports.com. Universal Imports, everything we do will make it easier for you. It's a Friday afternoon here at Universal Imports with another episode of the Grease and Glamour podcast. I am Mark Fierbacher, your host, with Aaron Kane and Jay Lawrence. And we are coming to you from 834 Linden Avenue at the Universal Imports studios. Uh, <laughs> uh, for the Grease and Glamour podcast, we're on, you know, episode 20 something. Yeah, we still yeah. keep going on 20 something. Listen, like I said the other day, I I think I know the the real number, but at this point why? Yeah, just keep it to yourself. You just keep it to myself. Yeah. Just like my and Sean Connery. And if we're wrong now, you can just say <laughs> 20 something and it doesn't make us it's, wrong. Listen, <laughs> I just know it's a lot. We've we were having an interesting discussion about bathrooms before we started rolling the tape. <laughs> yeah, we probably should have rolled the tape on it because I think, you know, I think we would have lost a lot of you. <laughs> or gained a bunch. Or, or gained a bunch because they would have said, yeah, hey, I think about the same thing. Sure. No, we were just ta- uh, we were just talking about bathroom habits of people that you work with. So yeah. we all have that <laughs> issue, no matter where you work. Well, we thought today, um, uh, just you know, real quick, Universal Imports. Visit universalimports.com for all your car needs, right? Sales, service. Uh, we have a full collision center. We're at 834 Linden Avenue in Rochester, uh, and we're you know, here for you for anything you need. But today we thought we would talk and educate people a little bit, educate ourselves as well on the different kinds of warranties that people are bombarded with when they're buying a car. So, you know, what are the new car warranties? The used car warranties is where it really gets muddy. What kind of warranties do you get when you're at a car dealership versus, you know, a little independent corner car lot? Um, aftermarket warranties. When you go into that F and I manager's office, what are you going to get hit with? Because um, they're going to sell, try and sell you all kinds of little extras, and one of those extras is the warranty, and they're not always so little. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So we thought maybe we would just kind of run down a little bit uh, the differences between some of the different warranties that are out there and what they what they truly mean, because um, 
I think a lot of people really don't know. It's like a lot of things in this business. It's kind of a mystery. <laughs> and I think a lot of people walk in looking at warranties and have a lot of questions about warranties. I mean, I get that all the time. People come in looking at cars or looking for cars and they're like, well, what kind of warranty do I get and what's the difference? Right. We're also, this is a good, this is a good time to do this podcast because it comes on the heels of Universal Imports rolling out uh, a, a much more robust warranty that we're offering to our customers that buy cars from us uh, called the Universal Imports Platinum Plus warranty, which is a certified pre-owned warranty that uh, mimics what uh, most of the manufacturers are doing on their pre-owned cars. And in some cases, as I had to research it a lot, would do even better. We have some stuff. And I thought that was really the thing about because you don't really think about warranties as much. I mean, you know about them, and there's all different types. But, you know, once, at least for me, once I started really looking at building ours and how do, how do we build it and how do we really affect our customers in a positive way and how is it different than the, than the others, because I'm sure everybody listening to this and you guys, my phone rings all the time. Hey, your car is up for its warranty, and you're getting these ding calls all the oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, and I know people think that that's, that's what it is. And Which, it, by it, the way, right off the bat, those are just robocalls, just another yep. sale. It's just another sales pitch for anything. You don't have to act on those. It's just a company that has your phone number that's calling you to try and get you to buy their aftermarket warranty. And, Jamie, uh, to your point, um, y- you know, I have customers call all the time and say, hey, I got this phone call. Should I mm-hmm. consider upping the warranty? Um, there's a lot of things to consider when it comes to buying a warranty. But mm. uh, what? let me start by doing this real quick. Um, let me just break down the different kinds of warranties, and then we can sort of we can talk about each Good one. Good idea. So essentially, obviously, when you buy a brand new car, it's going to come with some level of bumper-to-bumper warranty. That's a term everybody's heard, bumper-to-bumper warranty. Now, even that is a, a really broad statement because if you damage the car, if you if the car hits a pothole, um, if you get a nail in your tire, it, you know, there are various things that won't be covered under a bumper-to-bumper warranty. But essentially, as long as it's not something that was damaged, the damage was created by the driver, then it will be covered. So um, those things uh, would include, obviously, the powertrain, which, again, is another term a lot of people hear. Powertrain is your engine and your transmission and your drive line. So the differential, transfer case, drive shafts, any of the things that make your car move, that's the powertrain. Um, the other warranty that a lot of people hear is the emissions warranty. And emissions warranties cover things like the catalytic converters, oxygen sensors, and uh, there's a couple sensors in the engine as well as uh, a PCV system, which is in most cars, and that's called a a positive crankcase ventilation system. Those things are covered under the emission warranties. Most cars have a, I'm actually pretty sure this, it's federal, it's a federal law. It's an eight-year, 80,000-mile warranty on emission stuff. So those catalytic converters, those sort of things Mm -hmm. are warrantied for eight years, 80,000 on every car. It doesn't matter if the thing's, you know, transferred owners a hundred times. That as long as the car is under eight years old and under 80,000 miles, the emission warranty is in effect. A lot, of the Euro, uh, a lot of the European cars do not differentiate a longer warranty for the powertrain versus the bumper-to-bumper part. They simply 
most cars have either a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty, brand-new bumper-to-bumper, or a four-year, 50,000-mile 50, bumper-to-bumper warranty. And then, of course, the eight-year, 80,000-mile emission warranty. Um, some cars like Kias and Hyundais and some of those brands, they will have a maybe a three- or four-year bumper-to-bumper, but then they'll have an additional maybe five or six year powertrain warranty. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell, I'll tell most people the powertrain warranty, although it covers you against a lot of big items, the engine, the transmission, those things are warrantied for so long because in this day and age, they don't fail that often. And a lot of times if they do fail, it's human error, not the parts fault. And therefore you're pro it's probably not going to be covered anyway. If you, didn't put oil in your car or or something so like, like that the, you see like the 10 year 100,000 mile warranties I mean a lot of these people probably will cause and won't get that covered. right well and those 10 year warranties are almost always just powertrain yeah so they're just covering those big one those big items that don't fail on their own mm -hmm. usually they fail because people don't do oil changes, they fail because they do neutral drops with their transmission, or they're <laughs> trying to get out of a mud, you know, or snow pile, and they uh, and they ruin their transmission. But you know, they can tell if that mm -hmm. thing is damaged because it was a defective part, or if it was neglect or misuse. Yeah, I mean, and in, in, in we saw it um, in our family just not too long ago with with that happening, and thank goodness everybody had the records of oil oil changes and everything and it actually was a, a manufacturer issue and they replaced the engine yeah. yeah so that is key you know a lot of you know and this is uh and we're probably going to go off track like we normally do <laughs> <laughs> what what yeah because yeah I mean, it'd be best to just sort of break down the warranties first but as you say that it is important to keep your service records it is important not to have the service place that you have your service done re rely on them to keep it they probably will have it but have your own set of records because you never know when you're going to need to pull that out and go hey yep. i've done my oil changes you know absolutely uh, mm -hmm. pretty religiously and and so therefore that's just um you know ammunition and protection for you if you have a problem but uh aaron to your point uh yes those 10 year hundred thousand mile warranties are usually the powertrain mm -hmm. Some car companies now, some some of the car manufacturers are actually even doing like a five-year, 60,000-mile bumper-to-bumper to, to try and entice people to buy new cars. But most are still 450, some are 336. Um, that's pretty cut and dry. Where, where it gets cloudy is when you get into the used cars, pre-owned cars. And now people are starting to hear the term CPO, even though it's been out for 50-plus years. Yep. CPO is certified pre-owned. Certified pre-owned is typically a term that you will find at a franchise dealer. So if you are going to a Ford dealer, an Audi dealer, a Volvo dealer, whatever it might be, um, they will be selling you a car with a CPO warranty. Now, how that works for most car manufacturers, it's uh, like a 300-point inspection that when the car comes in, their technicians look it over. They have a, like a 300-point checklist. They go over the car. If the brakes meet a certain criteria, if the tires meet a certain criteria, if the car hasn't had an accident, 
uh, listed on a on a you know con- on a uh, vehicle history report um, and a couple other things that it has to meet, then the dealership opts to pay a certain amount, and that amount is usually between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars to certify that vehicle through the franchise. Then the actual car manufacturer is the one certifying that vehicle. And it used to be, and this was interesting that we found this out not that long ago, but it used to be two years, like a two-year warranty extension beyond what the factory warranty was. So if you bought, let's say you bought, it's it's 2019 right now. If you bought a 2017 vehicle, you potentially still had two years left of factory warranty. And then when that is up, you'd get an additional two years mm-hmm. or up to the car having 100,000 miles. Um, if you buy a vehicle that let's say is a 2015 and it's now 2019 and the factory warranty is up, then you would just get a two year warranty or up to a hundred thousand miles. But just recently within the last year, almost everybody has changed their certified pre-owned program, realizing that, you know, it was costing them potential, probably was costing them too much. They've shortened it. It's now one year. One year. Yep. So uh, all of the all of the European cars, uh, a lot of the uh, 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 Japanese imports um, have now gone to a one year beyond the factory warranty, or just a one year certified pre-owned warranty. You're still getting that 300 point inspection. They're looking it over. The car still has to come with, you know, good tires, good brakes, but then they're only giving you coverage for one year. Some companies like Honda just discovered are actually uh, giving you an option then to to buy more mm-hmm. if you want. Whereas before, a lot of these companies it, they just had one warranty. It, this was the CPO. Also, the car was more money. So this is one of the reasons why uh, you know let's say an Audi at a deal at an Audi dealership would potentially be two three thousand dollars more than you might find it on some. You know, some, you know, uh, Johnny's car lot or Mm -hmm. whatever, uh, because they've invested more money to not only make sure the car comes to you without needing tires, without needing brakes, without having accident damage, all of that, and giving you that extra warranty. So you pay more for the car. And in my opinion, rightfully so. I mean, if you're really trying to save money, you can, you can roll the dice. On some cases, it may not be a bad bet, but, um, but I CPO need the peace is, of mind, you know, you just get that peace of mind that, you know, and yeah, I mean, you know that it's costing a little bit more, but you mm-hmm. know, what do they say? Uh, uh, an ounce of prevention, prevention is, is worth, worth a pound, a pound of, pound of, of cure. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, you think because listen, cars these days, let's face it, maybe 20 years ago, it's a different story. Maybe 30 years ago, even 15 years, there's a lot that can go wrong in cars now. Oh yeah. There's just there's so many different types of things and who knows how much that really costs until you're into the middle of it and go, Oh yeah. Right. You know. So mm, for me, even as I was researching, I was finding yeah. Um So uh, you know, in my opinion of the CPO program that these car that the car manufacturers have, I think are really good. They, by the way, are in most cases not transferable between owners. Um if you go to a dealership that is not a franchise dealer. You are probably going to get offered an aftermarket warranty, and there are a ton of them. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you just our experience as a, as a 
company that's been in business for 35 years, we've always been pretty guarded and careful about offering those aftermarket warranties because in a lot of cases we've seen some of these companies, you know, they fold. Mm-hmm. And I just would not want to go, all right, I, I've sold a hundred of these warranties to my customers. Now the company's not in existence and those warranties are all void. Yep. I just never wanted to be in that position. So we never really got into selling aftermarket warranties. That's just our our personal feeling at Universal Imports doesn't not saying that it's a, a bad thing to have one, but mm. they they're pretty expensive. Um, and it's also a really, really good um, revenue source for the dealership. There's a lot of profit in selling those aftermarket warranties. And I think I think too because I mean people are paying for that peace of mind, but you're paying more in the long run than it you're actually going to get use out of the warranty. Right. And I mean those warranties, they're so you have to really read through the fine print on those. Yep. Um, oh. because there's a lot of things that y- you will find out are Yeah, and not and, and I hear the phone calls here where people say, "Hey, we have this warranty and then we're trying to figure out with that company and we're having to say a lot of times, no, we're sorry, it's not actually covered. It's not covered. It's mm-hmm. not. Covered. I'll, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, a blanket statement. I think most service advisors, they cringe when they have to service an aftermarket warranty from any anywhere because it's a lot of extra phone calls. It's a lot of extra time to get things approved. And most good service advisors are going to fight for the customer, try and get the most they can out of it because it's beneficial to everybody. It's they're going to sell more work. They're going to save the customer money. They're going to look like a hero. Uh, but these car warranty companies, of course, they're also in the business to make money. So everybody's sort of, it's a, it's a you know, tug and, tug and pull or whatever. That, so there's always, it, it's a challenge to mm-hmm. work with a lot of these companies. Now, there are some that are really good and there's some that are really bad. And I don't want to really get into the ones I think are really good or really bad, but but there's, <laughs> but you can get two very different experiences with two very sure. different yeah. aftermarket warranty companies. But on most cars, they're going to cost you between two and four thousand dollars for an aftermarket warranty, and this is a great way for a lot of dealerships to pick up extra profit sure. in mm-hmm. their in their car deals. Now, um, so not saying that. A company selling you an aftermarket warranty is a bad thing if that's their business model. There's nothing wrong with it. Just be aware, like like Jay said, really look over the the fine print. Read it carefully, yeah. and it will take you a while. Like, yes. they, like they may they may cover a lot of things, but they may only pay fifty dollars an hour mm-hmm. labor rate. Well, there's very few dealerships across the country that are even under a hundred these days. Right. Yep. Um, you know, and then they might not pay for diagno- diagnostics. They might not pay for gaskets, fluids. They they might not pay for a lot of things mm-hmm. that really give them a way out yeah. of doing a lot of these things. So, just be aware of what you're getting into. Look at look them over really good. And you know what? It's also not a bad idea. A recommendation I'll give to the listeners here is call uh call wh- whatever place you bring your car to for service. Call them up and ask them what they think about a certain aftermarket warranty company. Right. It's a great idea. Or who they use because they're more likely to recommend to you a place that they've had good luck with mm-hmm. uh, than not. <clears throat> so so do that. Um, 
real quick. So like New York State, there's a there is a lemon law warranty. New mm-hmm. York State uh, provides a uh, you know a, a legal aspect to buying a used car, which you know if you buy a car that has under a hundred thousand miles on it, there are different tiers of you have to a, a car dealership has to give you a warranty if it ha- it has to give you like a three month warranty mm-hmm. if it's under thirty six thousand miles. Yep. And how long have we had that? A long time. I, I always think it's, yeah. it's a long time. New York State, like yeah, I've it's called the. States, le- so. It's actually called the Lemon Law warranty, and so if you if your car is under thirty six thousand miles, it's a three year. If it's under eighty thousand, it's a two year, a uh, two month. Yep. Did I say so three six, year? Three year. Yeah. yeah. Three month. And three month if it's under thirty six thousand miles. <laughs> two months if it's under eighty, and then one month if it's if under a hundred. Yeah. Over a hundred, it's an as is. Oh, and then it's up to the dealer if they want to give you a warranty or sell you a warranty. Um, and then the lemon law, of course, is there's a lot of print as to what does the lemon law really mean? If your car is in multiple times for a problem and it's not getting fixed and they're not mm-hmm. offering you transportation and all of these things and you're just really put out after so many tries, then you have the right to give the car back or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so there's those kinds of things as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, Aaron and I were just talking the other day, uh, and, uh, wh- what was that that came up where we started talking about curb stoning? Oh, so, so a, a dealership selling a car for a customer. Yeah. So, um, we, you know, we sometimes are, are faced with, people who want us to try and sell their car for them what we try to do is if we are going to sell a car for someone we are going to sell them under our terms selling them with our warranty and and all of that sort of thing um when you see cars like i know in my town there's this one guy he's always got a couple cars uh, at the bottom of his driveway for sale Mm -hmm. and when that's sold there's always like another one there for sale Mm -hmm. and just got a for sale sign in it well that leads me to suspicion going, maybe this is a guy that has his dealer license and he's just selling cars at the bottom of his driveway. Well, that actually is, it's not legal to do, at least if you are doing it and not representing yourself as a dealer. Because that is a way that some people get their dealer license, sell cars for a profit, and avoid having to give customers that Lemon Law warranty. So, um, you know, those are the all, all, and that's, there's a term for that. It's called curb stoning. And that is when, a when someone has a dealer license, they're trying to sell a car, not being through their actual dealership and selling it like from and selling it as person. if they were a private party and then therefore allowing to buy cars wholesale, sell mm-hmm. them retail and not have the, um, you know, not have the, uh, thing to where they have to give a warranty mm-hmm. or or offer you know that people kind of are stuff amazing back. like there is just you know there is nothing you can do without somebody trying to game the system yep. some sure like it just never happens like every single thing has been gamed by somebody right yeah and i wish you stopped driving by my house and see how many cars <laughs> no no i'm only got six cars for sale on your driveway um, I just found that a little creepy <laughs> that you kept driving by, but that, nah, but really yeah, but that but that happens, and uh, and so you know a CPO warranty is great. 
when that when that came on the scene, it's great. You do pay more. You pay more for the car to get a CPO warranty, but you're getting more protection. Aftermarket warranties, they, it's a mixed bag. I've had people tell me that they are so happy they bought an aftermarket mm-hmm. warranty and it really worked out well for them. So I don't want to say that they're all garbage. That, that's not what I'm saying. What, I'm, what we're saying is there's just a lot to know and you have to do your research to make sure you're having a better experience and not paying too much for it. Yep. Uh, by the way, if you buy a car someplace and they say, hey, you know, we can sell you this aftermarket warranty for $4,000, the first thing I would do is look that warranty company up online, call them directly and say, how much would you sell this warranty for me, uh, you know, to me for? Mm-hmm. Um, because most dealers have the ability to mark those things up as much as they want. Yeah, There's much. almost no limit. And, you know, there are obviously a lot of dealers that are trying to find new ways to market cars to people and get people to come into their dealership. So they'll come up with a really low price online, but that low price that they don't tell you when they show it on cars.com or car gurus, Mm -hmm. especially now that you have all these car sites that have a good deal, great deal, not so good deal uh, indicators on them. These dealers are always trying to find ways to get you to call so they'll put these things on for a really low price. Aaron and I have run into this oh, yeah, all the tons time. of times. <laughs> we'll call them up and they'll say, oh, well, that price is, you know, if you buy our warranty and use our financing and there's a condition, condition, a, condition, and there's condition. a $1,500 documentation fee uh, with every car. And you're like, what? Like, yep. <laughs> okay, that's, you know, that's a bait and switch right there. And yeah. Wow. That's happening. That's, crazy. That's happening a lot. Um, this is not a warranty thing, but you know, in New York State, we are um, legally limited to only being able to charge customers a title fee no more than seventy five dollars. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, that honestly, it, it it'd be great if uh, if there was no limit, and you know, dealers c- can use it as a profit center. But I think that is a a really a a very fair and good law for this state because. It eliminates that bait and switch pricing right. online. You go outside of New York State, anything goes. We Aaron and I have called dealers in other states, and they have two thousand dollar documentation fee, yep. which they don't have to put in their advertised price online. Mm-hmm. So I've just spent ten minutes on a wasted phone call, thinking this car was thirty thousand yeah. dollars, and it's actually thirty. $2,000. And sometimes when they seem too good to be true, there's usually they, a reason. If you see a, a price that's a lot lower than other ones that are averaging, you know that <laughs> there's something Proceed that's, with skepticism, <laughs> yeah. for there's sure. There's something going on. Yeah, was yeah. it in the Great Flood? Yeah. You know, there's yeah. so many things, right? Um, I guess, yeah. though, I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, I guess that's one of the, the laws of for those of you who live in New York State and are taxed as heavy as we are, I guess that's one good thing we got going for us. And some of the, you know, some of the laws that we do have, protection, are, yeah. yeah, the protections are not <laughs> like yeah. anywhere else yep. in the country. That's right. Yeah, I mean, so with the with the with the laws we all don't like, there are some laws mm-hmm. that we really do like. do like and protect us, and you don't even know it. Um, so, you know, with when it comes to warranties, uh, so. With all of this, we sat down and as a company for the last probably almost 10 years, we've offered our cars with a, we've matched the CPO that the franchise dealers offer. We've matched it um, to our customers. 
mm-hmm. and why. And you know, look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna delight in the fact that this is our podcast, and I get to hype up Universal Imports because the one thing I've told all my customers is not only are we gonna give you the same coverage that those CPO warranties give you at the manufacturer, but you know, when people call us, we get them right in. They mostly have access to Aaron or or myself mm-hmm. quickly. Our service guys know most of our customers, so um, people don't usually wait too long to get in for service work. So on top of having all the same coverages, they also aren't going to get an answering machine and wait two days for someone to call them back or wait two weeks to get an appointment. We, I think we get people in really fast. Mm-hmm. There are some dealers that also do that, and there's a lot of dealers that don't. They do not. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know... Sometimes the bigger the place, the the the, uh, the harder it is to really give that one-on-one attention to a customer. So, and I think that's that's an easy selling point when when people come in and they're like, "Well, what makes you different from the dealer?" Yep. And you know, I just go through those things and I say, "Call up the dealer, try to to get somebody on the phone," and you're you're not going to. You know, it's a just going to go to voicemail, yeah. right? Or nobody's oh. going to ever call you back. Oh. And you have to multiple times. It's like, you know, it's like you're begging for them to mm-hmm. take right. your money and do yeah. your and do their You know, stuff. and look, uh, you know, to try and play the other side of it and, and not just sound like we're, uh, you know, uh, bashing, bashing franchise dealers. <laughs> there is, you know, there are pros and cons to everything. There are reasons why people like to go to a franchise dealer. I mean, they have all the equipment, they have all the factory trained technicians, all of that. There are good reasons why people like to go to their corner mechanic who has a couple bays and they can go in there and get a cup of coffee and they and they trust that person and they are dealing with typically the, the guy who owns the place is also the technician or the mechanic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a definitely reason for that as well. What we try to do here is we blend the two. Um, we try to have all of the um, abilities that the dealer has, but also still be that community come in. Hey, how are the kids? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, hey, we know your car. We know everything about it. They know everything about us. Mm-hmm. We know everything about them. So, but when it comes to warranties, CPO is, is probably where it's at. By the way, I and it's interesting that they've these manufacturers have started to actually um, shorten these certified pre-owned programs because when they were two years, there would be used cars, pre-owned cars that we would sell that would have more warranty on them than if they bought the car brand new. Oh, huh. sure. Yeah. Because if you sell a car that's one year old and it still has three years left of the factory warranty, and then you're giving them an additional two, now you've just sold a used car with a five-year warranty versus that same car new for $20,000 more money with only a four-year warranty. And I always thought that was a little (laughs) bit weird, you know? And I think it took them a while until they figured it out. (laughs) And that's probably what changed it. That's probably what changed changed it. Yeah, because, you know, all these companies, none of them have mathematicians on board, you know? (laughs) So, So some guy... Started looking, started putting, you know, pen to paper and goes, oh, wait, whoa, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. This is, whoa, we can't do this. Yeah. And he goes in and tells the guy, this is what's happening. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly what happened. What happened? Somebody figured it out and they finally said, they can't. That can't right. be possible. Yeah. And the new trend 
And one of the, an, another reason why we decided to talk about this today is, you know, you have lots of different uh, choices when buying a used car, much more so than ever before. Because even as of five years ago or five to ten years ago, you're going to buy your used car from one of three places. You're going to buy it from the dealer. You're going to buy it from a, 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 a local independent sales lot. Mm-hmm. used or you're going to buy it from a private party yep now you have these big companies that are selling pre-owned cars they've made a business out of it. they're not a franchise but you've got the the car maxes and the, the carvanas carvanas and the vrooms and all these yep. which all by these the way companies i'm still wondering do you really get a token and you get to put it in a machine <laughs> And where is that building here in Rochester? <laughs> that building I've, is not in Rochester. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I just want the token because it looks cool. Yeah, you know, and an you know, I would say <laughs> half of the population uh, it does not it it doesn't cater to a lot of people, and it ca- and you know probably the younger generation is more what this is. Well, sure, because because they grew, they grew up on those claw games that you pay a dollar and try to get a <laughs> claw, you know, the, claw the car out. Claw the car out. That's what they're thinking. It's like a video game to them. Well, if we make it like a video game, yeah. they'll come and they'll buy cars with this big token <laughs> to put it in, and we'll come and down. It'll be this whole thing. Yeah. Well, I that, can see and it. it avoids people interaction, right? So right. you don't even have to interact with anybody. You do everything online. Which I would argue that I would argue that. Um, you know, trying to bypass human interaction on a lot of things is not a bad idea. Uh-huh. No, if you've ever been to the grocery store, when, most times you know, you'd rather not when deal you're, with anybody. When you're buying a vehicle for ten, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, I want to have a person that I can hold accountable. Exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. So, it, it, my thing is, anybody that's listening out there, write to us. Let us know where is that Carvana place because I want to know. I want to know where that exact one is that I see. On every commercial. commercial. I want to know. Is it in Portland? Is yeah, it, I think, is they, it really they, I think in, in bigger markets, yeah. they do actually have those, those I've been towers in, I've, with I've, the cars I've been in, in some big cities, and I've yet to see one. <laughs> but, um, you know, with in regards to the warranty, what's interesting is all of those companies are offering their own mm-hmm. warranty. So, whereas before, you, you know, years ago, CPO certified pre-owned wasn't that big of a thing yet, but years ago you you bought a, a pre-owned car from a dealership. They gave you some warranty from the manufacturer that turned into the certified pre-owned program, or you went to you know Joe's Corner lot and he sold you an aftermarket warranty, and you had no idea if you were getting something good or bad, or if you were or if you had just paid him an extra two thousand dollars profit for that warranty. Um, and now with all these other companies, they're all designing their own warranty. And what I find interesting about that is that we are obviously a much smaller organization than a, than a CarMax or any mm-hmm. of these big companies that have their own warranties. But Universal Imports designed their own warranty 15 years ago. Yep. Right. And it's one that we used. And it was one that when, you know, when my father founded this company, he, uh, you know, he had, it wasn't his first rodeo. He had been in the car business for 30 years before he started our company. And he saw all of those problems with those aftermarket warranty companies. And he always had that fear because he had seen it happen once that Mm -hmm. if you're a dealership and you sell a ton of these warranties from one company and that company folds or turns out just 
to not do the right yeah. thing at some yep. point. You have become you were a you representative are the, for that company that for to all of yep. your trusted yeah. customers. Yeah, there's no distinction at no. that point because and you bought it from from whoever, and yep. that's who you look yeah. at and go, well. And, and if you think about it, how many, how many products, even the ones that you love, you know, you love it. Let's say you love Nike or Adidas, right? But are you willing to stake your reputation on the shoe that you love? Because, you know, what if something happens tomorrow with one of these things and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm the one that's been bragging about these yeah, things right, everywhere. Right, right. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. and I mean, listen, I mean, I'm not going to get political here, but wherever you stand on that whole Nike thing, right? Yeah. If you were to go around and be posting Nike posts all day long and then something that like that comes out and if you don't agree with it, well, your name is now sort yep. of associated, associated with that. Whether Guilty by association. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, that's the story of my We've life, all by been the there. way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole other podcast that we're not going to talk about today. Well, that might be a fun one. <laughs> well, one oh. thing to consider with, so like these smaller, like Carvanas or Brooms, or, you have to pay attention to like the small details because some of these will come with deductibles. So, I mean, even if, you know, you have a warranty, you are still technically paying for Yeah, by the way, you know, Audi for a number of years, although they they stopped it, Audi had a $100 deductible um, on their certified Mm pre-owned warranty. BMW, I I think at one point did not, but BMW also on the other side, so on a positive side, if you bought a BMW certified pre-owned, they even did your brakes for free under the warranty. Now, They've stopped all that. Yep. It's gotten too expensive. They 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 they, <laughs> oh. they wanted to do it, but they I don't think they can do it anymore. So they've stopped it. But, um, yes, Aaron, you're correct. Some of these warranties, and I, I'm you know, we know which ones do what, but mm-hmm. that's not what we're really here to talk about. But in general, you may find warranties that have deductibles in them. You may find warranties that cover loaners. Some that do, some that don't. Um, some that say, hey, you know we we get you in when we get you in i mean you just it goes back to really reading, reading all the fine print but i will say being able to buy a warranty from someone that you physically can hold accountable because i think what's the biggest problem with the aftermarket warranties is you're going to talk to a call center <laughs> more likely that call center is not even going to be in this country and it's just so easy for call centers to not have accountability they go hey the, you know i can get you a supervisor please hold you know 30 minutes later you get someone that says sorry there's nothing i can do for you yeah. there's no personal um feeling of oh i've got to really help this person now some companies are very good and and they instill that in their employees to help people but just on a personal level if one of my customers calls, I go, oh, I mean, that's one of my customers. Like, man, I got to take care of them, mm-hmm. take care of them. Right. Typically, in general, someone on the other side of the ocean doesn't feel as passionate about taking care no, of that person. they're not feeling yeah. as responsible person. or accountable. <laughs> no. I can typically, tell you typically, typically, typically. No, because you know. you're just one of their calls. Right. And yeah. Allegedly. Trying to convert that. <laughs> Allegedly. Not that we're saying that happens, but it could possibly. It's just it's just yeah. knowing what um, what's out there. And also, when you get those robocalls for warranties, like I wouldn't, mm-hmm. if, if, it, if it sparks your interest mm-hmm. to get an aftermarket warranty, 
ignore the robocall and go online and research what are the best aftermarket warranty companies that I can buy after the fact because there is something about that as well. Aftermarket warranties are typically less expensive to buy when you're buying the car. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's more money when you are buying it when you've already owned the car for some time and you're buying it directly from that company. However, and this is where the caveat comes in, that less expensive price to buy that warranty is sitting on the dealership's desk and it's you just don't know how much they're marking it up. And you may never know because some dealers uh, look at that as a tremendous profit center. Other dealerships look at it as, I'd rather not really make money on the warranty, but just offer it to my customer as a, another incentive as to why they should buy from me. So at the end of the day, the best thing to do is you're going to buy a car and they're going to offer you a warranty. Before you sign up for the warranty, say, you know what, let me take the night to do some research. You can even call a different dealership right. and say, mm -hmm. hey, how much would you charge me? If I were buying a, a car from you, how much would you charge me for your aftermarket warranty? Hey, listen, I mean, you know, people shop insurance. Mm -hmm. They, they oh, should yeah. be so, shopping so they this be, stuff. They should yeah. be shopping this stuff all the time. Well, you, you know, be this, informed. Uh, you know, certainly it's much better for consumers now because of the Internet. But there are still so many people that I think have this feeling that, Maybe not with the car. I mean, I think people realize that, you know, they that there's a, they can look online. They can see what a car costs. They can have a discussion with a dealer to say, I feel that I should be paying a little bit less. Or they can get a good sense of whether the, the deal they're getting is a good deal. But when it comes to the things like the warranties and the, um, you know, undercarriage uh coating you know rust proofing mm -hmm. and the oh. diamond wax coating that we could do and and this and that fabric treatments and this and that, yeah certainly these companies have figured out ways to say this is the price like it's not this is a non-negotiable menu item and it's this much Mm -hmm. I would say in most cases, all of those things are as negotiable as the prices on the car. So y you would probably be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't dig into those those costs as well. Because, you know, those you compound those things It can you can add another four or five four grand five. Uh, like nothing. Uh, another thing, you know, I, I also want to mention because as as Aaron and I spend half of our day each day looking at um what they call monroney stickers which are the which are the window stickers that you know cars get when they're new that show their original msrp give you and, all the options and give you all the options and they show you how much money these options cost it's also something that people need to take into consideration when they're looking at cars online and they see you know one white bmw is thirty thousand and that same year, same model, same miles is 35000 somewhere else, is it just that that one place wants to sell it for 5000 more? Or is there a $5,000 worth of options on that car potentially mm -hmm. that you're not accounting for? And in a lot of cases, that's, that's what's happening, is there are a lot of options on these cars, and they are selling most of them now very – it's all a la carte. Mm -hmm. There was a time – Packages. They used to put them into like... Oh, yeah. The, so years ago, it was all a la carte. 
everything from the you know the, okay leather seat was this line item expense then if it was a heated seat that was this much and every single option had its own cost to it and it made it very confusing and there are still some car companies that do it that way then a lot of the car companies said let's just let's just try and tidy this thing up and we give like you know three packages three or four packages and when Audi came out with premium premium plus and prestige those first couple years of premium, premium plus, and prestige, that was your only, th- you didn't have to look any further. Yep. The premium came with all these things. The premium plus came with all these things. And plus. Uh, plus. And then the prestige came with everything Audi yep. had <laughs> to offer. Well, now you can get a premium that costs more than a prestige because they bought the premium and then bought everything extra. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, itemized. But they, but they, but the customer who built this car just had a pet peeve about one thing and didn't buy it. So it's specced so differently and so oddly. And hey, I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about like when I was looking for my car to switch out, and I'm looking, I'm going, and I'm looking at the same thing. Like, look at like, this is the same year. Like, it's like four thousand more. And then I'm looking deeper and deeper, and I go, oh, it's because I got A, B, C, D. Whoever you know had all this other yeah. cool stuff. Like I would have never found it until year four, but <laughs> but it's there. I mean, yeah. there's some sound systems that are two thousand dollars extra. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I think about that because that, I'm that guy. <laughs> like like I, I look yeah, yeah. Listen, if it's like two thousand, I'd probably be like, yeah, that's okay. The one upgraded sound system I looked at, they wanted seventy five hundred dollars, and I went, mm, I'm getting older, my ears are getting worse, so I guess I'm good right now. Because <laughs> really, like seventy five hundred for a whole new sound system, yeah. I well, already got twelve speakers. Like, I'm, how many more I'm can not I have? Sure, if in twenty something podcasts I've brought this story up, it's not a warranty story, but it is, it falls into what we're talking about. So, one of my very very first. It might have actually been my first time going to an auto auction by myself. My father let me loose. I'd been he had been training me for, you know, a year or so. I've been going with him, watching how he did it. I was probably, I don't know, twenty, twenty one years old, something like that. I go to the auction. This beautiful Audi comes in through the lane and I mean, I was all over it and I bought it. I was so excited. And I called my dad and I said, Dad, I bought this car and I'm so excited and it's it's great, it's great. And as and I hang up the phone. Now this is there weren't there weren't cell phone we didn't have cell phones. Um hang up the phone and I'm going out to walk to the car. And as I'm walking up to the car, something doesn't look right. And I realize it doesn't have a sunroof. Oh. And back then, uh, I mean, as it is still now, that to have an Audi without a sunroof was to have an Audi that you weren't going to sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just, man, I'll never forget. Like, it was 30 years ago. I mean, I'm like, I started sweating, you know? I'm like, oh, no. Uh, so I go back into the office and call my father. I'm like, the car's really nice, but I, I screwed up. It doesn't have a sunroof. And my dad so gracefully said, you know what? Don't worry about it. Someone will buy it. I'm sure there'll be someone that will buy it. He didn't, he, whether he, he may have thought it was a big deal too, but he didn't let on that it was. And that helped diffuse my anxiety a bit. But I drove all the way back from the auction five hour, it was a six hour drive then because they didn't have 
15 wasn't developed like it is now. I I didn't have the radio on. I was so disappointed in myself. I was so upset that I had messed this up. It was kind of my first time out of the gate by myself, and I messed up. Mm-hmm. So, and I think my dad knew I was going to be harder on myself than than he would be, so he didn't even try, you know. So uh, we get the car back here the next morning. You know, back then, uh, I had to then the next morning get the car cleaned up and get it up on the and get it on the line. Mm-hmm. We didn't even have a website then, so we just put it on the line. Um, this one lady comes in a couple hours after I had just got done getting it washed and everything, and she, I'm showing her the car and I'm I'm about to utter the words but it doesn't have a sunroof because I felt like if I say it before she sees it I'll feel better about myself or something you know and before I said it she kind of gasped and said this car doesn't have a sunroof I've got to get my husband back here I'm like okay well, it turns out that if your car doesn't have a sunroof in it, it has about four inches extra headroom oh. because you don't have that yeah. area to accommodate the sunroof when it goes in. Yep. So you have a lot more headroom, in, at least in an Audi, if it doesn't have a sunroof. Her husband comes back, and he's like six foot five or something. <laughs> and he sits in the thing, and he's like, oh, yeah, I've got all this extra room. This is great. They bought the car (laughs) that next day. (laughs) And it just was another one of those things that showed me like, man, my dad really knows. He just knows what he's like. He he didn't panic about it. There there was nothing. He knew that there's whatever the car is, there will be someone that will want, you know, there'll Mm -hmm. be a reason why they will want it. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it. I've seen it here even before I was here, you know, like cars in these colors. And I'm always like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then they have somebody come and go, it's the perfect color. Yeah, the we've, one had, I was we've had for. cars where some people were like, oh, that color is hideous. <laughs> and the next day, someone comes in and loved it. Yep. And to add to it, we would have a car that could sit here for a long time in a may- maybe not a very attractive color. Someone comes in and buys it, and we're still kind of going, wow, we can't believe someone bought that color. <laughs> And then there's another phone call going, do you still have that uh, mustard yellow yeah. BMW? Because I want to come down and get it. You're like, what? There's like now three people that want it and it's gone. But it sat here for three yeah. <laughs> months. So you, you never know. And there and so, so you know, I learned a lot that weekend. Oh, yeah. uh, and, uh, and by the way, that customer is, that was, like I said, almost 30 years ago. That customer is still a customer here today. Wow. And has bought many cars from us. But now the cars are SUVs and they have more headroom even with a sunroof. So their car now does have a sunroof. Uh-huh. Um, well, you can just stick his head out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so that so that was that story. Wow. I don't know if I ever shared that one. With That's you. a great I don't one. I think so, no. yeah. Um, so, Aaron, you have any news? Yeah. So I got a couple articles here. So... Rear seat occupant alerts will be standard on all cars by 2025. The move is in response to the problem of parents and caregivers accidentally leaving children in hot cars. The alert systems will become standard in the 2025 model 
years or sooner. The automaker said in statements that the types of alert systems will vary from a combination of auditory and visual alerts. So far, Kia, GM, Nissan, and Subaru um, offer backseat reminder systems on many of their vehicles. I saw this last night on the news, and all I could think was, oh my gosh, what did we do before there was any type of digital technology in the car? We made sure we didn't leave our kids in the car. <laughs> you looked in the back seat. You looked in the back seat. <laughs> like, I get a mistake. Like, listen, we all make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Right. Like, like and, leaving and a listen, cake in the back seat. Yeah, leaving a something. cake in the back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and I guess at some level you can go, yeah, I was so distracted. But what were we distracted on? Probably mm-hmm. your phone or something. I don't know. Like, I, I, I just think, and maybe I'm just the wrong one to ask about that. I'm just like, really? Yeah. Now we got to have alerts? To say, hey, your kid is in the back seat. <laughs> Would you forget him? It was a twelve-minute drive. I think you got bigger problems. I, mean, I think yeah. you kids got make mem- noise. memory problems. Kids make noise too. I mean, that yeah. that alone is a I don't know auditory alert. Right. So what are they gonna do next? They're gonna yeah. have like little probes that come out and poke your kid every yeah. once in a while so they make noise so you can remember that they're there. Cry. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or shakes the seat. I, I mean, is it just me, Mark? Or is it, that's nuts. I watched that yeah. last night. I go, how much are they gonna charge for that now? Like, like. And I get it, like all these people, like I lived in the South and it was hot and I had little kids. I didn't leave them in the back of the car. No. I'm pretty sure I right. knew that they were back. So I, I, I don't want to say anything against these parents because it's horrible. Mm-hmm. But what are you doing? What in your world is so, got you so flustered that you don't even remember? And, the, and here's the worst yeah. one. Somebody will leave two kids in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe you forget one. Yeah, but you got that's, two. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's nuts. That's it's not covered on your aftermarket warranty no. either. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh, All right. Boy. So, um, so Bosch. Well, we see what's got we would uh, get J- pushing <laughs> Jay's <laughs> buttons. Oh, I saw it last night. I was like, oh my god. Like I just, I do. I just keep going. We can't do enough to cure common sense issues. There's, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's not no amount of technology. No amount. Of, I mean, listen. They they try it with phones in the car and now it's speakers and you, now you can text in the car but now there's a reminder that says oh you got a kid back there well of course I got a kid back there because I see him back there in the yeah. mirror I I don't I don't I don't know yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh you got me going now <laughs> <laughs> so so Bosch is actually working on a 3D interactive cockpit display the global auto supplier takes credit for introducing the first digital display in the Audi Quattro but now has its sights on 3D display products. Uh, the supplier said its new 3D displays use passive 3D technology, which doesn't rely on eye tracking or 3D glasses to generate realistic effects. Alert that seem to jump out of the display are, are much more obvious and urgent. Uh, Bosch hinted that we'll hear more about the technology next week at the Frankfurt Motor Show. Okay, so here's how I think about that. Any of you that's ever been to Disney and you go in the older days, even like with Muppet 3D... Mm-hmm. You're gonna drive I a love car, yeah. 3D. but mm-hmm. do you want to be driving a car with that stuff coming at your face? <laughs> no, no. Like I don't need 3D. Again, yeah. here we go. Yeah. Well, oh, it's now the same I did thing. see the what, what is, what's it called in the the Audi? It's the uh, cockpit. The virtual cockpit. Virtual yeah. cockpit. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was great mm-hmm. because it's that's cool. That's yeah. where you it should keeps be your eyes yep. uh, yeah. with, from having to go to the All middle the way to the side. console. Yeah. Yep. So now with that, there's gonna be these 3D things that they're gonna. Do you get to pick Pop what the three D things are that jump out know. at you? I don't because know. I'll be I, I don't curious know. to see. I don't you know what I th- find fascinating? I've I've said this for a long time. Like w- the 
the technology is moving so fast when it comes to cars. But it's standing still when it comes to flight. When it comes to airplanes. Yeah. I mean, we are still boarding a plane. It's worse than it was in the 60s. We're still boarding the same planes. They look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. They, they're they not even as luxurious. When we, I guess, arguably, we've went backwards. Um, we're you know, still using the same radar systems that yeah. have been there since 1960. <laughs> yeah. What I, is going on? Right. I mean, what happened to Wonder Woman with the invisible jet? Like, uh, we don't <laughs> have that yet. <laughs> the Jetsons, you know? I don't know. That's a conspiracy <laughs> theory. We can talk about that at some <laughs> other point. There might be one. I'm just saying. I, I mean, but, you know, really, when you think about how you go on a plane, nothing mm-hmm. has changed. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, it's only gotten worse. Like, And, and I remember when they were talking, uh, everybody's phone is, this is so big now, right? The, maybe the biggest stride I've seen on a plane in the last few years is that most of them have char- chargers on the seats now where you can charge your phone, which is good because mm-hmm. I remember not even a couple of years ago, you needed to make sure your phone was charged before you got on a plane because your phone was going to be dead before the flight was over. So yeah. at least now there's an outlet right. on a lot of them, which you know Greyhound buses have had for the last 20 years, <laughs> but we didn't have them on the planes. Um so now they're on the planes, but you still got to pay for Wi-Fi. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, Wi-Fi this day and age should be everywhere. They were, I re, you know, I remember when they talked about cities going full Wi-Fi. So you, anywhere you walked in the city, you could be on their Wi-Fi network. Um, I just, I don't think that there should be ever, a, you should never have to pay for Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. The, in 2019. I agree. Yeah, I'm with you. I just, I don't know what these people are all doing. They're all creating stuff and put it to some good use. And what really yeah. does happen when you stay on your phone when they tell you not to, when you're taking off and landing on a plane? Like, I don't know. I, I mean, tried it. Do you think they just do it just for something extra for the pilot to say or whatever? I mean. <laughs> no, I think it's it's probably steeped in some type of truth that there might be some type of interference or conspiracy theorists believe it's a way for people to track like if you got a tracking on your phone that they can track the aircraft so if they're going to deploy anything against the aircraft they Mm -hmm. could i don't know i just saw that in an episode so i'm i'm not saying i believe it yeah could be who knows what yeah i mean i do listen to them when they say Oh to yeah, do that I, I because do I'm too. Thinking, but I'm often I'm wondering. Like, I'm like, just because I don't want to be the guy. <laughs> yeah, like, like all of a sudden something happens. They go, "Well, that guy left his phone." There, there was a <laughs> guy was in Jay. seat three uh, A. Yeah. He didn't turn his Wi Fi off. Listen, <laughs> listen, Jay Lawrence hasn't flown in a, a number three seat in a long time. It's probably seat <laughs> thirty five, right next to the rear bathroom. Right, right? next to the rear bathroom. Yep. Hey, look how we brought that all back around to the bathroom. <laughs> We got all the way from talking about the bathroom to coming the very, back very to the bathroom. Back yeah. to the, see, it, listen, bathroom humor, no matter what age. <laughs> Don't you love when you are on that back seat of the plane and there's people standing in the aisle to use the bathroom and you're the one that you're the awkward one sitting right there while everybody's like lined up, <laughs> not right making next to eye you. contact. I'm, just not, like, I'm not happy about it because some of them that are going in there have got some gastro issues <laughs> already, <laughs> which is why they're going in there. It's not good. And it's not good. They're standing right there and it's right in your forehead and you're like, Hey buddy, can you move your can please? I, listen, I hear your stomach gurgling. I don't need it to come this way. Go over that way or go up to front. Use the first class. You know, I don't yeah. know. did you ever, do you remember there was a, st- it was, this was a number of years ago where, Oh no! Never mind. I thought it was a plane. It was actually their tour bus. 
I think it was the Dave Matthews band was somewhere and they had, and they had to, you know, they, the tour bus, they had to get rid of the, like the waste on the bus. Mm -hmm. And I think they, I think it thing opened up while they were driving somewhere or something like that. Man, I I must, I have the story wrong. I was on a train once when I was a kid. I remember, I don't know where it was, but I remember going into the, go to the bathroom and they said, you can only go to the bathroom when the train was moving. Well, I know why, because I opened up the seat, and it's just a hole down. You can see the, the railroad ties moving. I was, <laughs> was like, this, like 1922 or something? I, I'm old. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I absolutely remember that. I was like, what was like during the Great hat. Railroad Heist? <laughs> yeah. uh, I was like, no, actually, I think it was Where the— Where were you ar- going, to the OK Corral? <laughs> I think it was the Arcade Railroad over here. I'm pretty sure. I was like, wow, that's—yeah, well, now I know why. They didn't, you know. They got it. Yeah, <laughs> oh it was literally— gosh. A hole in the bottom. I'm looking. Wow! Oh boy! See the railroad ties going by. So there you go. (laughs) Hey, listen, I wouldn't doubt it's still in, still in use. So it makes sense, right? Like, why do you need a big waste system? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I guess. Let it just spread itself out over a few miles. I guess. Yeah, I guess right? they have some, some really good crops. Yeah, that was a good engineer. The, uh, that was a good engineer. That was somebody who thought <laughs> through it. Unlike the one here who thinks, "Oh, I should have three D objects dogs growing in." The... <laughs> oh, sorry, that was wrong. That was all kinds of wrong. You are just all kinds of wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, anything else? That's all I got. All right. Well, it's Friday <laughs> afternoon. It's it's almost quitting time, and uh, well. Disregard the disregard the bathroom talk and uh, just oh, no, go back to the oh, you know, hopefully all like the education true. and warranties that we give you. Uh, listen, if you have any questions about warranties, right? Uh, certified pre-owned. Um, if you want us just to look over the warranty you have from somewhere else, we're happy to do it with a you know non-judgmental and very you know trying to stay very neutral on everything. Um, certainly reasons that you might want to consider franchise dealerships for a certified pre-owned certainly reasons why you might want to consider the little car lot to save some money and uh even potentially buy a good aftermarket warranty or you of course come to universal imports and get the best of both worlds but we're really here just to say just do your due diligence do your research before you enter into any of these things because there's pros and cons to all of it and like anything especially in this business there's a lot to know and we are always making strides to be as transparent as we can for you to give your to give your you know car buying car servicing experience the, the best that it can be. Um, Universalimports.com for any of your car needs. You can email me Mark at Universalimports.com if you have any questions or Ecane Universalimports.com. Mm-hmm. You can always email uh, Jamie, but. He'll just forward the email. I just forward it to everybody else. There's always a question. (laughs) Um, Like, how many miles on that? Yeah, I think you need to talk to somebody else because I don't even understand what that is. So, yeah. uh, But Facebook, you can check us out on on Facebook, too. Right. Um, And and always, if you want to message us that way, uh, send us a message. We try to get back to you within 24 hours. First of all, we really appreciate you guys listening, but we'll appreciate it even more if you share it with somebody, like us on Facebook, like Universal Imports, you know. Hype us up. We're uh, we are a homegrown uh, podcast, and we have a lot of listeners. We want a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this is um, this train keeps a rolling. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> With a hole in the bottom. <laughs> With a hole in the bottom. <laughs> Headed straight for the cliff. <laughs> yep. We are now. Yep. We are over. The- <laughs> we are going that way now. That's good. Until the next time, I'm Mark. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jay. Have a good weekend. See you.